Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm very excited to be here. I have a special guest here for you guys. And she's a repeat guest. Maybe at this point, one of our biggest (laughs) repeat guests we've ever had on the podcast. But always excited to talk to Miss Megan Griffith. We have here with me today to talk to you guys. Say hello. Hello, everybody. (laughs) So why don't you just start by telling everybody a little bit about you and what you do and just give us the like Megan overview for those that are unfamiliar. (laughs) Okay. Well, the Megan overview is that I am a neurodivergent life coach. Uh, I am autistic and ADHD myself with um, some fun depression and trauma sprinkled in. Uh, (laughs) We're managing a lot. There's a lot going on. (laughs) Yeah, we've we've got some alphabet soup. It's all good. Um, Basically, my job is to use my lived experience to help fellow neurodivergent people get through their lived experience and not just get through it, but like actually enjoy it, maybe. Uh, So that is what I do. And I do it lots of different ways. Um... Let's see. What else do you need to know about me? My hair is always a crazy color. Um, I'm too afraid to get my nose pierced, so I have a fake nose piercing. Uh, I love. So that. those are just well, fun I don't have facts my ears about pierced. me. So I feel like I need maybe I need fake piercings. Maybe that's the move for me. I don't know. That's where I've it's always, at. I've always wanted to get my ears pierced, but I'm too scared. Fun fact. <laughs> so I don't have pierced ears or anything. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your entrepreneur journey? Because you're a full-time entrepreneur now, right? And how long did it take you to kind of like build your business up? And how long have you been doing your business? What was that journey like for you? So it's been almost three years. I started in October of 2020. I had been blogging since 2018, just for fun. Um, And then I had kid in late 2019. And I was like, okay, if I'm going to keep blogging, I need to be making a little money from this. (laughs) You know, this needs to become an income. Um, So I basically, I had been listening to your podcast for months, thanks to a friend's recommendation. And you were launching in October and I was like, okay, uh, Faith, I need to make money by the end of this quarter. Uh, if, if we can do that, I can stay, but if not, I gotta go. (laughs) So, uh, you were like, great, let's do it. And, um, yeah, so I, I did, I started making money in the first quarter. It was not a lot, but it was something, it was proof of concept. You know, the fact that I could maybe do this. And, um, I was my full-time gig at the time was freelance writing for like affiliate websites and stuff like that. And I think I was able to give that up within the first year of entrepreneurship and switch to my business full time. Wow, that's I'm, so I'm wild. fairly certain. That's really fast. Yeah. I guess I didn't realize it had been so fast for you. I'm sure it doesn't feel it doesn't feel fast. I feel like none of this. It all feels like for me anyway. When I look at my business, I'm like, it feels like I've been doing this forever. <laughs> yeah, it feels long yeah. and hard. That's what it feels well, like. Well, that first year in, in 2021, I only made like $15,000. So it was probably the end of that first year that I was like, the monthly income was starting to go up. So I had a projection of I'll probably make more. So I quit the freelancing. So I had the capacity. And that is what happened. My second year, I made like 45000 I think. 
Yeah. And Megan, I think one of the last times I had you on was after it was like right after one of your TikToks had went like crazy viral. And I was like, you have to come on the podcast and talk about this because this is so wild. And you got to give us like a TikTok update. What's been happening in the TikTok? And since that time I hired you, you've also been coaching in the mastermind now as a co-coach, which is so fun because Mm -hmm. I... I think TikTok is an incredible opportunity, especially for new entrepreneurs. If you guys are just like, I want to visibility, I want to build an email list. I'm like, the virality on TikTok is like beyond anything I think I've ever seen on a free platform. It's so wild, but I don't, I didn't build that to grow my business. So I was like, I have to hire Megan so she can help them because they need to be on TikTok. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So like the fun numbers section is like, I'm up to over a quarter of a million followers, which is amazing. Um, I had a video recently go viral. So it has over 3 million views. And I, and something that I think is important that we should talk about is it's not just, these are not vanity numbers for me. These directly translate to sales, <laughs> like all of it. I got almost 4,000 new email subscribers in a week from that viral video. Wow. That is so Stop. wild. <laughs> the wild part to me is like, I'm in, I'm always around a lot of entrepreneurs and picking everybody's brain. I've always kind of got my ear to the ground about kind of what's working in people's businesses and shifts coming in the industry and stuff. And one of the things is like everybody and their mother, I feel like is struggling with lead gen right now because of the Facebook ads changing so much over the last couple of years. And that is just wild to me, like 4,000 email subscribers in a week for for free. Is that right? You didn't pay for any of that. Completely for free. I don't promote on TikTok at all. I mean, that's just like the potential of that, I think, is just wild. And so I love having you just share that with people because I do think people have this idea that like TikTok, it's not really for business or it's dancing. That's what I thought for a long until. So I found TikTok, I think, as most of us did in the pandemic, right, where I was like, this app is hilarious. This is like the funniest, most addicting thing I've ever seen on my phone. And I just like during the pandemic went all in like watching TikToks. But before that, I was like, oh, it's like people dancing. That's what TikTok is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think there is still a little bit of that for people that haven't been on the app, but there's so much educational content on there. It's like people that are, first of all, hilarious. There's like lots of really funny content, but there's lots of just straight up like, like my partner, Matt follows just like plant TikTok. And it's just like how to like make your house plants live their best lives. And that's like, that's like the kind of stuff he'll watch. So just so you guys know, like there's lots of different opportunities, I think for really niche down content on there. Like there is like really, really niched, narrowed down content on there that can do really well. And so I hope you guys will consider if you've been thinking about it, First of all, go watch what Megan's doing. I'm always like, what shit's working? Like, I would go watch her TikTok and see like how she's formatting it and how she does her hooks. And obviously, if you want coaching from her, you can hire her. You can come in the mastermind. But watch what I'm like. It's all forward facing. I'm like, go watch what people are doing that are thriving on there. But that's not why I had you on. I actually had you on because you're kind of an expert in all things like neurodivergent and. I was diagnosed with ADHD, I think end of last year. And I started medication like early this year, which has been so life-changing for me. I can't even 
begin to explain and I feel like everything in my life makes sense (laughs) yes it's like oh this all makes so much sense but I really had you on because I want to pick your brain I need all the entrepreneur neurodivergent tips or like how do you do it because you do so much you have kids right we're moving we just got the new house we're doing all these things you have business you have at times multiple businesses like all these offers all this stuff going on tons of content creation and I I feel like I would love to hear for someone like me that's like newly kind of diagnosed I don't know a lot about it like I've been kind of like reading stuff here and there where what what do I do (laughs) what do I do (laughs) I love it. I get this question all the time. Like, okay, I I'm diagnosed or self-diagnosed or, you know, whatever I'm suspecting. And what, what do I do? Like what's next? (laughs) Because, and I think this is such a good question. I love when people ask it because labels are so helpful and so informative and they can't do the work for you. You know, we have to know what the next steps are. So Let's talk about it. Um, First, I think it's important to know what it is you're dealing with because ADHD specifically has been sort of portrayed as like trouble sitting still disorder. And that's not what it is. Uh, That's what I thought it was. Well, I just thought it was for, I, this sounds like so ignorant now, but I just thought it was like for little kids kind of that couldn't pay attention in school. And we're like, Mm -hmm. my brother was diagnosed like with ADD but this is like back in the day right and he was like really fidgety and made a lot of noise like and was disruptive in school (laughs) so that was like what I pictured it as and that's not how it manifested manifest for me obviously and my partner Matt is the one that was like you need to get tested (laughs) it's like and I was like I don't have that I don't have that like I don't have that like no 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 and then I googled it and I was like Like, and then I like went even and got tested and I was still like, I don't know if I actually have this. Right. And then the lady was like, oh, you have it. She was like, you like fully are like fully ADHD. Like (laughs) we need to like consider drawing some meds here. Like, let's talk about this. And I was like, oh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I want to take a second and just point out that if you are the type of person who does like have a lot of trouble sitting still, you were really disruptive in school. Like if you fit that stereotype, also super valid. It's just that the problem with stereotypes is that it's a singular story and singular stories are never complex enough to tell the truth. So, um, what are some things like people should look for? You think like, what are kind of like the signs where you're like, if, if you are kind of having these things going on, you might want to go get tested. Okay. So ADHD is primarily an executive dysfunction condition. It is defined by executive dysfunction. What is this executive dysfunction? Because I hear that yes. a lot. Let's talk about it. <laughs> what does that mean? No, absolutely. People, it's a fancy word for, uh, it actually describes eight. There are eight different executive functions and all of them can go wrong. Um, so, uh, which is super fun, but they are, let's see if I can remember them all off the top of my head. Um, emotional regulation, Mm -hmm. impulse control, working memory, self-monitoring, flexible thinking, planning and prioritization, organization, and task initiation. 
So a lot of people know about this last one, task initiation. It's like, okay, I have trouble starting stuff. But yeah, executive dysfunction is actually so much more. It's all of those things. Um, so ADHD, you you really can't get diagnosed with ADHD if you don't have executive dysfunction in some capacity. Um, it doesn't have to be task initiation. It could be more emotional regulation for you. And that's fine. That's a totally valid form of executive dysfunction as well. The best way I've ever heard executive dysfunction described comes from Jessica over at How to ADHD on YouTube. Uh, check her out if you haven't. She's literally incredible. Um, she describes it as your brain has a CEO, but doesn't have a secretary. So Everything gosh, I love that. ends up <laughs> on the CEO's desk. The feeling of your itchy shirt tag, um, you know, the death of a grandparent that happened like 30 years ago, and the fact that you need to mow the grass. All of those things are given equal weight because you have no system for organizing. <laughs> That's so interesting. Well, it's so funny that you said that because I was going to say when you were saying, when I was like, what is executive dysfunction? Like in my mind, I always think of it as like, a, a business executive who's dysfunctional. And I was like, that's me. I'm an executive dysfunction. <laughs> but it's funny. You're like, no, it's your brain as a CEO. <laughs> yeah. So how do you think this manifests for entrepreneurs? And like, how does this manifest for you, like running your business? And like, what do you, how do you do all the things that you do and manage this at the same time. I think it's very impressive that you are able to do everything that I've seen you do, which is a lot. Like we were saying, like, even when I'm looking at like, when I look back on like everything I've seen you do in the mastermind, like developing the program, developing the system for launching it, growing your TikTok audience, that's a lot in a pretty short amount of time. Like you've created some really incredible results for yourself, right? And so how, how? How are you doing all of that? <laughs> okay. So again, first, sort of a little disclaimer, um, ADHD, you can choose how you personally want to identify, but ADHD really is a disability. And because of that, there may be some people listening who are like, no, my ADHD doesn't, like, I, I can't do these things. And if that's you, I just want to take a second and be like, that's Okay. It's really, really okay. Everybody's ADHD is going to manifest differently. Everybody has different um, resources for dealing with it. Like I have access to weekly or even twice weekly therapy. I have access to medication. I have access to a lot of tools. Um, I have a very supportive partner, um, all this stuff, right? So there's that. Just want to address that first and foremost. But for me, I think... Um, the biggest way is my ADHD manifests in my business is I don't stick to any kind of schedule or planning system or anything like that. I have tried and I have found that planning and organization is a tool. It's not the end outcome that I want. The end outcome that I want is sales and impact and helping people, right? That's what I want. Planning an organization is a neurotypical avenue to get there. Yeah. It's not my avenue to get there. My avenue to get there is interest-based. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tell me more about that. What is interest-based versus like planning-based? Like, How do you see them like as different? So I think a lot of neurotypicals when they're planning their business will be like, okay, I'm going to send a newsletter on this day and an Instagram post on this day and a podcast on this day. And I will do it all on these hours. And the plan gives them the structure they need 
to actually do the thing. Mm-hmm. For me, sometimes that's the case because I'm also autistic. And so like sometimes routine makes me very, very happy. But um, <laughs> it can also be really restrictive and boring for my ADHD. It's just boring and I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of people will tell you it's good that it's boring. Like it should be a little bit boring. That's the whole point. And to me, it's not like I want to have fun in my business. I want to have fun. And if it's not fun, like what is the point? What is the point? Um, I'm just going to be miserable. So what I do, but here's the thing. When I say that people are like, what? So you just only do what you want to do in your business. Like that's not sustainable. And you're right. It's not. So my job, my tools are emotional intelligence tools. I find ways to make myself interested. I make it novel. I make it urgent. I make it help other people. These are some of the three big things that drive ADHDers. Oh, I love that. So wait, say them again. You make it novel, urgent. What was the last one? Helping others. Helping other people. That's really interesting. And so as long as you tie your tasks to that, then that's kind of what helps you get the tasks done that you want to do for the day. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause like going back to the TikTok thing, I make three TikToks a day, every day. And that's for every account I have, which like you said, I often have multiple businesses. So I often make more than three TikToks a day. And sometimes I don't want to, but I remind myself, like, even if like most, even my worst performing videos get about 500 views, I could help 500 people today. If I just like, yeah, that's so awesome. (laughs) <laughs> it's an amazing platform that you have. It's, it's really, really cool. It's interesting that you say that because something I've always done is I do a lot of time blocking, but I really like, I work really fast and I work like very urgently. And I think, I wonder if that's like part of like this adaption of like not knowing I have ADHD, but knowing I have a lot of stuff to do. But there's something about the urgency, I think that's able to like ramp me up enough where I'm able to get a lot of things done. So that's just kind of something I've always done kind of, I think, accidentally. But I do a lot of like really urgent, like I'll try to write an email in 10 minutes or I'll try to like, I'll try to get like as much of a sales page done in 25 minutes or like I do a lot of like timed stuff. And I like the feeling of like feeling under the gun, the urgency that you're talking about has always been really big, I think, for me. And like moving the business forward. I didn't know that that was like an ADHD strategy. I just thought that was like, I have a lot of things to do and not enough time. Right. But I do think that's kind of how I navigate doing these boring ass because I have a lot of boring things I have to do in my business too. Right. Like <laughs> we talk oh, yeah. about that in the mastermind is like some days are really, really fun in this job. And some days are freaking, there's tons of stuff. I have to like meet with my accountant and like pay taxes and like do our bookkeeping and like, you know, there's stuff that I don't enjoy doing. It's not just like 24 hours a day of just like, oh, the most fun at things, the most fun tasks. It's like there's fun tasks and boring tasks. And I think I use that urgency piece to navigate the boring tasks more than I was like realizing, I think. Yeah. Well, and it sounds a little bit like you're doing something called gamification where you turn stuff into a game, Mm -hmm. which is also excellent for ADHDers. So a big, like some examples of this, uh, one of my clients, she does a bingo board every morning. She writes out nine little squares with nine little tasks and her job is not to do all nine things. Her job is just to get a bingo somehow. Oh, I love that. That's really fun. 
Right. That's her game. For me, I'm a big Dungeons and Dragons nerd, so I'll list out 20 things that need done, and I just roll a d20, a 20-sided dice, a couple of times and do a couple of things, and that's it, you know? It's a game. I like this, too, because I think our culture gets so obsessed with, like, productivity and getting things done, and I said this on a reel, like, a few weeks ago, where I was like, I had this kind of running thought in my mind for a little while that was like, I need to be being more productive and stop wasting time. And I really need to like focus and like get more done. But when I like audited what I would need to do to be more productive, I didn't actually want to do those things. Like I don't actually want to not go on social media all day. Like I like talking to you guys in the mastermind. Like I, t- I post in there like multiple times a day replying to people. I like talking to people in my DMs on Instagram. I like taking little breaks and like petting my dog. And it's like, I don't actually, when I like really audited what that would actually look like, it was like, oh, maybe. And it was like the, it was like such a weird moment. Cause it was like the first time I had had the thought, I think in a long time that was like, maybe I don't want to get more done. Like, what if I'm just getting enough done and this is fine? And that felt really, it seems so simple, but it felt really revolutionary in my brain when I had that thought where it was like, oh, maybe I don't have yeah. to tell myself all the time I should do more. Like, maybe this is fine. <laughs> yeah. So I am not a huge fan of the ADHD as superpower narrative because I think it truly, like I said, it's a disability and sometimes it really sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say this. I think a lot of ADHDers struggle with things that neurotypicals would consider basic, like brushing our teeth every day, making our bed every day, doing anything every day is a huge putting struggle for us. Putting my shoes on. Oh my God. Putting my <laughs> shoes on. If I'm not taking my meds, like putting my shoes on and leaving my house, like getting my purse, like getting my purse, gab- getting water, like gathering my things and putting my shoes on and leaving the house that can take me like hours like Matt will just be like what are we doing <laughs> like yes. let me help you get in the car how do we do this and it's like it literally sometimes would take both of us for me to be able to leave the house like mm-hmm. stuff like that but then on the, on the other side like what you're saying it's like I manage a multiple six figure business. And so there's like, obviously it it just never made any sense to me. Cause it was like, I'm not like a dumb person. Like I'm obviously good at some things in life. Why are these basic things so difficult? Right? Like putting laundry away. Oh my God. Nothing makes me want to die more than putting laundry away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot of ADHDers struggle with things that feel basic to neurotypicals, but here's the flip side of that. A lot of us, not all of us, it obviously depends, but a lot of us really excel at things that neurotypicals would consider complicated. So like, and and we don't always give ourselves credit for that. Like we we pretend it doesn't count just because, oh, well, I can't put the laundry away. So it doesn't matter that I can manage a six-figure business. Like that's not that important because I'm still failing as an adult. Like we still have all this shame that really it's like, okay, but the neurotypicals can't do what I do. <laughs> yes. The shame piece was like really big for me too. Cause I look back on like growing up and the narrative is kind of like, I always say the narrative is kind of like, well, face the fuck up. <laughs> like, well, she like can't like do anything and she like loses her keys all the time and she just like can't get it together. And it's like, that was like the narrative, right? That I kind of had like my whole life was like, oh, like I just am kind of a mess and can't like, yeah, can't adult kind of is like mm-hmm. the theme, I think. And so this has been like very clarifying for me because I look back at that, at 
like so many years of my life just feeling like yeah why can I not just get it together like why are these things always happening and like why am I just stuck in this pattern like over and over again and it was always like small things it wasn't like big things right like it would be like like I can't tell you now we have like smart keys and stuff but I used to lock my car and my my keys in my car like every week Like all the time. I would lose my keys for months at a time. Like we're not talking like, oh, I misplaced them for an hour. Like I would lose them for months. Like Oh yeah. I've lost so many car keys that I had put away months ago. Yeah, I just straight up lost so many car keys. Yeah, not remembering where you put things, like those kind of things. And it just makes you feel like like I kind of would just feel like, oh, I'm an idiot. Like, what is wrong with me? Like, why can I not just get it together? And then now it's like, oh, it just makes so much more sense to me. It's like every, it like all is like it all is like my whole life. I feel like, like I said, it's like all like kind of illuminated, and it's been really interesting in the business too, because I I feel like I've kind of adapted. Like I have, like I said, like I have like my little timers and my little like routines I do to like, but it's interesting. The whole thing, I don't know. The whole thing is just very interesting to me, like how it has shown up in my life as like my identity and then in the business and like all of these different little ways. I think I've really managed it very well in the business compared to like the laundry. (laughs) Right. Yes. Well, I think, I think business is oftentimes a lot easier for ADHDers to manage than like daily house tasks for a couple of reasons. So first of all, house tasks are uh, continuous tasks. So like laundry always needs done. Dishes always need done. Food always needs made. It's over and over. It's, it's like, you feel like Sisyphus rolling the boulder up the hill. Mm-hmm. Um, but work tasks are often much more discreet. You do the thing, you finish it, you get a sense of accomplishment, you get the dopamine, you move on. Like yeah. it feels good. <laughs> That's definitely so, true for me. I can see that. I also have like, I mean, I should like say too, I also have like literally the best team, like anybody could ask for like they do so much for me and they do a lot of like circling back and cleaning up the kind of various messes that I make in the business <laughs> so you guys know like most of you guys know my um, beloved business manager Rebecca Lara but Lara. Rebecca literally teaches like systems <laughs> and, like an organization and so having her in the business I feel like I got really lucky because she was just a she was a student of mine that needed like a she offered to do work study please don't offer please don't email me after this offering to do work study <laughs> every time I say this story I get like all these emails I'm like we don't have any if we have work study I'll tell you guys um she emailed me offering to do work study and it was when my business was still small and I was like you want to like work study for me like what and then Brie was like my other assistant Brie was like well let her help like if <laughs> like let her help and then we ended up hiring her, I don't know, probably like a couple weeks after she kind of volunteered for us. But it was really like such a lucky, when I look back on the business, like the ser- there's a lot of moments that are serendipitous and definitely having Rebecca like come on the team. I think it saved my ass because I didn't even know I needed like systems or organizing or, or any of that stuff until she came on. And like, she's been here ever since. And she has her own business and she manages, like, she's my business manager in the back end. But I'll just put that out there, too, just for people that feel like, oh, like, how is she doing that? Like, I can't do that. Well, I'm not doing it, like, by myself. I literally have, they support, they support me in, like, so many different ways. It's really unbelievable. But I think having that VA help, 
like they'll remind me when I have meetings, like stuff like that, that are behind the scenes. I think that other, that, that people don't know that they do. I think they like, it feels like they babysit me (laughs) half of the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think a VA for an ADHD entrepreneur is going, their tasks are going to look different than a VA for a non-ADHD entrepreneur. Like, Like, how do you mean, like, what is that? How does that play out? Like, for example, in in my business, I just hired my first VA. I'm very excited. Uh, It's going so well. Um, I was, okay, I was so nervous to hire a VA. One of the reasons, there were lots of reasons, but one was because, like I said, I don't have systems. I didn't have anything to teach my person. It's, I was just like, I do what interests me and it's chaos. Um, and I was like, how do I hire someone into that? If I'm going to pay somebody, I need them to be useful and I don't know how to do this. And so I took a minute, I paused the story of, I don't know how to do this. And I said, wait, what if we show them the chaos and they tell us what they think needs done and then we can work together? And that's exactly what happened. Basically, what a VA does for me that might not do for other entrepreneurs who don't have ADHD is my VA does the stuff that bores me to tears that I cannot, no matter how many emotional skills I use, I can't get myself excited for. Not with novelty, urgency, or helping others. It just bores me. Um, So she does that stuff because my ADHD can't get behind it. And so I put it off and don't do it. And she's like, I'll just do those things. And I was like, great. Yeah, I feel that. Well, I one of the the biggest thing I think the team does for me is like I don't do any email. So like this always kind of like blows people's minds. Like even our realtor was like, "What?" Like she was like, "I emailed you stuff," and I was like, "Well, I don't do any email. You're gonna have to like get a hold of my assistant." <laughs> she was like, "What do you mean you don't do any email?" She's like, "Don't you run an online business?" And I was like, "Oh, I was like, well, I have a VA and she does my inbox, and then she just tells me on Skype what I have to do because if I go in the inbox, it." it derails my whole day because I get distracted and then I look for other things and then I end up emailing this other person and then I don't even remember what I'm doing in the inbox and it's just like a whole debacle and so I've kind of like in kind of accidentally trained them that they just ask me on Skype so instead of having to go reply to emails Kelsey will just be like oh so-and-so said like ask you about this like what do you want me to say to her and I'll just tell her and then she replies and so I don't actually do I probably spend less than 30 minutes a week reading and replying to email. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty rare for people that run like an online business, but I think it's because of like my ADHD. I just like, I can't, like, I just haven't been able to, it's not something I'm like able to manage doing. And so I think it's important. I just think that's important for people to know, like, I don't know that I have help and like, I'm not doing all this stuff by myself. Like the girls do a lot of stuff behind the scenes. I think that people just don't even realize that they do like, like I'm saying, like even reminding me about like interviews. Cause I like lose track of time all the time. I have like my watch all program crazy to like do reminders, but then sometimes the reminders get turned off and I like have no idea that three hours has went by and stuff like that. So they'll be on Skype, like, Hey, you have like a call in 10 minutes. Like you're going right. <laughs> And I always felt like that was kind of ridiculous. I always felt like it was like, God, I have like adult babysitters. But then I was like, no, this actually makes a lot of sense. Like once I got that diagnosis, I was like, oh, well, no wonder, right? Like, no wonder I need extra support in these areas. My brain literally doesn't do those things. And that's, that's been, I think, the most helpful part of it for me is like just kind of realizing 
uh, there's nothing wrong with me, like the way that I am. And like, there's like a reason for it. Not just like, I'm an idiot, you know? Something I tell my clients all the time is you are not a failed neurotypical. You're a perfectly whole neurodivergent. Yeah. I think I'm still You weren't made at the neurotypical factory and like made wrong. You were made at the neurodivergent factory and you were made just right. It's interesting. I think there's like being a little bit of a shift, right? Because I feel like people are becoming more aware of all this stuff. But I do think like kind of the preconception is like we're all supposed to be this way and like we're all supposed to be able to be productive we're all supposed to be able to do you know I feel like our culture really glorifies like getting as much done as possible and like working at 100% productivity all the time and we even see it in the mastermind right like I coach in the mastermind probably every coaching call we have somebody comes on that has a good reason that they're not functioning as high right that Jesus, like somebody died or they lost their dog or they've moved or they're going through some incredibly stressful, difficult situation. And then they're giving themselves so much grief because they're like, and why am I not doing more? And I'm not working on my business enough and I should be doing more. And I'm like, should you? <laughs> like, like I don't know. Like, maybe you need to take a break. Right. And, and that's really hard for, I think, all of us because it's like kind of the ideal way of being is you just produce at a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time and anything under that, we kind of all feel like a little bit of failures. Right. And then I think the neurodivergent piece on top of it is just like another layer of that, of like, like, I don't know. It's just like, we're all supposed to be these little worker robots that fit in these perfect routines, but we're humans. Like we all are different. And have different things coming up in our brains, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. This is something called neuronormativity. And it's the idea that everyone is supposed to be one way. Everyone is supposed to be quote unquote neurotypical and do things this way and function best this way. And it's, you know, objectively untrue and (laughs) not how anything works. It manifests in entrepreneurship too, which is so frustrating because to me, it's like entrepreneurship, like what you're saying, it's like, I want to like my business and we do all this work to create our own businesses and have our own way of doing things. But then we feel like all the time we're supposed to be doing it a certain way. And people all the time are just kind of like, especially when they first come into the mastermind, they really want me to just tell them what to do all the time. Like they, that's what they want. They're like, just tell me, they'll come on the call basically being like, tell me what to do. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'll give you a framework and you can like see what parts of it are useful to you, but you're going to have to make your own way of doing things. And that's so difficult for people I find. Oh yeah, for sure. I think, um, Oh, I lost my train of thought. Classic, classic ADHD. But um, yeah, that's perfect for the ADHD podcast, I feel like. I mean, God, that happens to me all the time when we're... That used to be my biggest fear about going live because I always lose my train of thought pretty much every time I'm talking. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be on camera. And now it's just like, it does happen all the time, right? But it's like, not it's not so scary to me anymore. Anyway, I don't... Exactly. Uh, now I don't remember what we were talking about. But... I would love, let me just get like your final little like gems. Like, what do you, what would be like, what would you tell like past Megan that was like starting her business and trying to figure out how to like business, how to entrepreneur and manage everything you're managing? 
or what would you tell the little baby entrepreneurs out there that maybe are also struggling with neurodivergence or ADHD or any of that type of stuff? Like, what would you say to them? Okay. I think the first thing I would say is you can use other people's businesses as blueprints, but as very, very loose blueprints. Feel free to use that as a starting point because I think a lot of ADHDers struggle to get started. So when it's like, no, you have to customize it to your ADHD, like that's really intimidating. So feel free to use other business owners as a blueprint, but then I want you to inject it with the things that make it fun, the things that make it interesting, the things that make it urgent, and the things that help your people, right? Inject it with all of that. (laughs) And then that'll be your blueprint. So that's... That's the big one I think I would recommend. And then the second thing is more of like a, you know, shamey mindset piece. (laughs) I just think, remember that there are endless ways to be successful. And just because we tend to put people on a pedestal when they are successful one way, doesn't mean you can't be successful your way. That is amazing. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's very, very insightful and very good for all of us to keep in mind. I really appreciate you coming on here. Let me like vomit all my stuff out and talking this out with you. It's like really interesting to me and really helpful. I feel like I'm at the beginning of like a long, I don't know, re-education process that I'm going to have to go through about what I thought was going on with me in my life and how I am and like what's actually going on, right? It's like there, there's they're different. Like what I thought, who I thought I was and how I thought I was, I think is different um, because of the diagnosis. It like just made all of it make sense. Right. And so I appreciate you coming on and talking this out. I think it's really important to share and the work you're doing is so important. And I love having you in the community. I'm honored to be your coach and just blown away at what you've created. And it's exciting to me too, because I just know like you're at the very beginning of this kind of adventure you're on and I think you're really going to be blown away at where you are and like like gosh even like five ten years like that's not that long and I just think like damn like she's gonna be she's not even gonna believe it (laughs) (laughs) like you're gonna help so many people and that's like so exciting to me about and it makes me excited to like keep doing this work and keep coaching people and stuff too because it just makes me I don't know just excited for you and to see your growth and to see everything you go on to do. And I'm just honored to have you in the community. You guys got to check Megan out. Where should they stalk you? Um, Okay. So I am on Instagram and TikTok primarily. I do have different handles for those because I did not mean to blow up on TikTok. um, So it doesn't, it doesn't follow my brand. Mm -hmm. So my TikTok handle is Meg Moxie, M-E-G-M-O-X-I-E. And my Instagram handle is neurodivergent underscore magic. And then I also have like a free um, three trainings on executive dysfunction. So if that sounded like you, um, they're totally free. They're each like 20 minutes, I think. So not too long, <laughs> but hopefully very helpful. And so they're on your website or we can put the link for you guys. In yeah, the show I'll, I'll send you the link for sure. Okay, perfect. So we'll put the link for you guys with the episode. You guys got to go follow Megan. Like I said, she's just killing TikTok. I mean, you've got to go follow her because it's just mind blowing. The results she's getting over there are just so amazing and so incredible. 
And thank you so much for being here and taking your time to like come here and, and do this episode. And I think it'll be really helpful for people. And everybody go stalk Megan. And I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye.